Welcome to Frontier Feathers Farm Podcast. Join us as we take you through our journey starting a farm having no prior experience. We left the beach and traded our flip-flops for farm boots and decided to live in the country. We'll share with you our learnings, tips, and of course, all of our fails as we continue to grow and learn on our little farm. Hello and welcome to another episode of Frontier Feathers Farm Podcast. Joining me today, as always, my lovely wife, Melissa, a.k.a. Mel. Hey, I'm excited today. Oh, she's all right. She's fired up. We're talking about my chickens. All right. Yes. And and uh, we are bringing you today chicken episode, perhaps number one. We're going to see how, how this goes. So why don't you kick off, you know, coming to the farm, having no prior experience with chickens at all. And deciding that, in fact, that's the first thing you want to dive into as a way to get acquainted with animals. Yeah, so I um, I was ready to tackle that challenge because I felt like they were going to be small and I could get you know, a manageable number and I could learn about how to care for them and get the kids involved. So um, that was my first project is like, okay, let's get – there was an old coop that was – broken down on on the property and so um you got to work on it and revived it and um, i was very eager to get some chickens in there and get some eggs yes and you felt this this sort of sad coop on there didn't i i put a chicken run on that thing right yeah yeah because i didn't feel like it had enough space for them to properly live did you know what i found out that the average cage space for an egg laying chicken is less than eight and eleven eight by eleven piece of paper yes that is terrible yeah and and our enclosure is like looks like i don't even know like it's like a city you mean yeah, like a little, yeah it's, it's a small city. <laughs> a they, city they have more room than they would ever need ever so why don't you take us through so how do you acquire these things so I was really excited, and here in springtime, you can go down to the local hardware store, and they have chicks for sale. It's very easy to get, but when um, I was ready to start my journey, um, it was fall, I guess, so they were not in season, I guess you could say. So I did some research, and there is an amazing hatchery called Murray McMurray, which surprisingly enough, uh, we just watched a documentary yeah, name? it was uh, Morgan Spurlock's Holy Chicken, and they talked about that hatchery on. They on used his... them, yeah, for their, his whole experiment and that his mission that he's got going on. Um, so they are very legit, and um, if you are interested in getting chicks, I would definitely check them out. It's Murray McMurray Hatchery. And, and let's take a minute there because I think so. She's saying they're legit. So what I think needs further explanation is. The separation between hens and roosters, right? Oh. And the the, gar- the guarantee. <laughs> well, you that th- you that is an option on their website. You can get pullets, just pullets that have already been deemed pullets, and a pullet means it is a um, a hen, a baby hen. Right. And what happened to us when we went to, as you mentioned earlier, the local hardware store? Oh, yeah. So if you don't specify this at a hatchery that you want only pullets, um, you do run the risk of having these little cute chicks grow up and then you'll have some roosters in your in your gaggle and then what do you do that creates a whole nother issue so if you want to just have egg layers and you're starting out um you can definitely request pullets from a hatchery 
Okay, so I interrupted. So you you got in contact with this hatchery. You picked out the breed that you wanted. So actually, I was um, just super excited. I did like a variety pack, and I wanted to be surprised. Um, but yeah, I do now that knowing what I know, I would definitely look at your region. Do you need a hardier chicken? Do you have weather? And you can research all the different types of chickens, and then you can pick exactly what you want. But in my case, I just wanted to get rolling, so I did a variety pack. And how do they come? This was the coolest thing. I I still I can remember it like it was yesterday. So because they're being they're shipped and they come to your post office. I I couldn't even believe that this was an option. So you're supposed to go down to your post office uh, maybe like a week before they're going to arrive and you just let them know that you're going to have live birds being delivered and so to be on the lookout so they take extra care and um, they send them in a box with a little bit of nourishment and they show up happy and healthy. But they're baby chicks. These they're are so these are chicks. Tiny. Yeah. They I mean they're like weightless in your hand. They were darling. Um we got eight. And um I remember I got the phone call. So then the post office calls you and says, you know, your chicks are here. And we screamed and dropped what we were doing and got- I didn't scream. I wasn't there for the record. <laughs> this is uh I just so you're I want to be crystal clear, uh, guys out there. Uh, no. Well, I did. You I and was, your daughter screamed. Yeah. So, so I what I kind of remember is you bring them home. They're they're basically kept in a cardboard box in your garage or the laundry room in our case, yeah. Yeah, or the triage room. <laughs> where they're kept warm and it's kind of funny because I started off with a small cardboard cardboard box but then as they grow they kind of fly a little bit and they they try to escape so the cardboard box keeps getting built up higher and higher and higher uh and then once it kind of reaches a point i feel like okay now they're ready to go out to the coop yes and just um the technical term for your cardboard box situation it's called a brooder so when the chicks come they need to be put into a brooder type of a situation that has that warm light on them to keep them warm and yeah you just have to have that space available because as they grow like you said you're going to have to give them some more room and then they also recommend getting a few more than you want to end up with because they are so tiny and fragile um you know their their lives can be easily taken too so we have 7 now We'll talk about the casualty later uh, as, as, as they mature in this story. So, yeah, when the, the chicks arrive, um, I, I just really wanted to do this journey with the kids um, because they were also they, – they can't hurt you, so kids aren't afraid of them, and they can really get hands-on with them and help in every aspect, whether it's just interacting and playing with them or holding them or feeding them. Um, there was zero intimidation. So that was another reason why I wanted to start with chickens um, as far as breaking into farm animals. Okay, so they're now moved out into into their enclosure. and Which the- doesn't have to be huge. I mean, urban areas are really getting on board with chickens. I mean, I would even check with your HOA rules if you have a homeowners association because um, sometimes you can be permitted to get a coop. Yeah, I think even where we came from, like in Costa Mesa, yeah, Southern California, you can have them in your yard. Yeah. All right, so we'll take us through. Like, what? So what happens? So they're they're teenagers for a bit. 
when do they start producing those eggs? So I didn't really realize this either because I didn't do my research prior, but it takes about five to six months before they start laying eggs. So they take a lot of attention and caring, and then um, you're really ready for them to start <laughs> laying eggs and um, kind of reaping the rewards of the chickens, your hard yeah. work. And let me just stop you right there. I, You know, if you think you're going to get like this inexpensive product that's going to outpace what you'd pay at a grocery store, you're wrong. Uh, it's probably the most expensive eggs you're ever going to eat, uh, and you're going to get pretty dirty and, and stinky in the process. However, at least you know what those eggs or what those chickens were fed and the eggs you're eating. And, you know, the quality of the eggs we get are really spectacular uh, and certainly better than anything that you're going to get, whether it's marked organic or from a regular supermarket. And again, you know, they were in your yard and, and you raised them and you saw exactly what was going on as opposed to this unknown egg crate that you put in your cart and check out with. So for me, there's the value is there, but they're definitely, you know, between all the things she's about ready to tell you what they need and require to, to purchase to keep these things healthy and going, it's, it's not a cheap endeavor. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I do feel like... Um... We we get what seven? Well, when they were in their prime, we would get seven eggs a day, which is one per chicken per day. Yeah, gosh dang! It takes them thirty minutes to lay an egg, and it never gets quicker. Like they have to take that's a hard job, man, to keep every day to lay an egg. Um, but they, yeah, they do require. You know, they require feed and electrolytes, and they need a feeder, and then the waterer. Uh, and then you need some shavings in the coop to help you clean up their mess. Um, and then they also need, um, oh, my gosh, they, they need their calcium. So you can use oyster shells as a supplement or you can take their eggs and we save them like when, we, when we're making omelets. And then you dry them out and crunch them up and then you feed them back to the chickens um, and they really enjoy that as well. So that helps save money. So there's things you can do. Um, instead of buying everything from a store. Um, they also, when you, when the, the Disney movie Moana came out, there was a chicken, and it was kind of a funny character. It was silly, and it ate rocks. And I remember the kids and I, gosh, we thought that was hilarious. Like, what a dumb chicken. It eats rocks. And then come to find out, like, n- no, the chickens eat rocks. They do not have the ability to digest their food on their own, so they need to be offered grit, which is basically crunched up tiny rocks that they need to ingest to help mix with their food to digest. So I always thought that was kind of funny. So yeah, they need their grit, they need their calcium supplement, whether it's the oyster shells or their own shells. And um, uh, apple cider vinegar is always good to add to their water. It helps with build their immune system. And um, it's nice having the garden right next to where they live because we're able to throw over kale and um, fruit tops and berries and fresh herbs. And so they get spoiled um, with the garden scraps as well. And so one thing, again, going back to the supermarket purchase is, the you know, you see the large brown organics or you see the white eggs. When, when these little guys started producing eggs, we had a variety of colors. And I've I feel like we were both a bit shocked and taken aback and had to like run back to YouTube to see if this was completely normal because we had like light blue eggs and we had green eggs. 
which those are like so special to me now. I enjoy them way more than the brown eggs. Yeah, it was it was really fun to learn that um, different types of chickens can lay different types of eggs. And the way um, you can determine, like if you ever meet chickens or you're at a farm and you're walking around, their earlobes can tell you what color eggs they're going to lay. And at first you're like, what? Yep, yep, chickens have earlobes. So there's this little spot um, back like where you think an ear would be. And uh, the chickens that have red earlobes, they lay brown eggs. And the ones that have white lay white eggs. And then the chickens that have kind of an iridescent um, earlobe, almost like an opal with like a little bit of blues and greens, those are going to lay blue, green, or greenish eggs. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. They kind of display their egg color on their ears like little earrings. Another thing I want to mention, I I learned about chickens, which I thought was very interesting and cool. Um, since I've always gotten my eggs from the grocery store, they've always been refrigerated, I never thought that they could be any other way. But it turns out when chickens lay eggs, um, they have what's called the bloom or a bloom on them. And that's basically a natural sealer that keeps them fresh that comes straight out from the chicken. So if you collect your eggs, you can put them on your counter and leave them out for a week or two if it's cool and not in the sun, obviously. But um, they can they will be fresh because of the way that they are naturally sealed. So um, once they are washed, they do need to go in their refrigerator because that bloom is no longer protecting the shell. And um, and make sure that when you crack your egg, if your yolk is runny, um, then it's probably have is it's not fresh any longer. So you want that yolk to look very circular in shape, and um, it will be delicious. And orange, the darker, the brighter, the yellowy orange, the better the eggs. And you'll notice that from if you go to the farmer's market you'll um, see the difference in colors in the yolk, too. And, um, yeah, they're super cute. It's really interesting to watch them interact. Uh, They will tell each other off. They will sing. They make all sorts of kind of communication noises. And um, thus the term establishing a pecking pecking order. order. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think as with the reality of anything – um, we're painting the, you know, the rosy picture of eggs and egg laying and having chickens and having them free range. Um, unfortunately, uh, as as with life, there, you know, sometimes chickens can have health problems, um, and it's super sad. And not that they're quite on the same level as say our dogs, but we have had a couple situations where, you know, we I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but Mel has named. Each of these chickens has a name. The kids call them by name. I don't think the chickens actually respond to the names, but we've <laughs> given them names. They have a plaque on the side of our coop, and everyone's name is listed. It's a painted sign, but okay. So I we've had a couple of instances where we've gone out, and there's been a chicken that it appears like it's lame, like it's, it's, it's not able to move, or if it does, it kind of stands up on one leg and then falls over. And at first we were like, whoa, what is that? You know, is our flock infected? Like, what do we do? So upon some research, in a prior episode we had mentioned um, a, a common a common cause is, is called uh, egg bound. Yeah, the egg, the egg bound means, you know, the egg is stuck and they're very sad. Their energy to making that egg is 
it's all bound up and it, it's really unfortunate. Um, and sometimes they can figure it out on their own, but most of the time you need to intervene. So, uh, yeah, we took that chicken into the laundry room. And um, you can do an Epsom salt bath and kind of soak the chicken. You hold it in the sink and let the warm water and the Epsom salt relax the chicken. Um, we did that day one, day what two. She's, what she's work. really talking about is she cleaned the chicken's rear end. <laughs> I swear to God. In the laundry sink, chicken rear end cleaning was happening. Uh, after that, you sh- there it was like seriously – if there was cameras then, it would have been classic. But it, it didn't work, so we had to keep going. We had to find a way to help this chicken. So we YouTube how to fix an egg-bound chicken. And so we've got the lap. my laptop is propped up on the washing machine. We're watching the video in real time. She's Mel's holding this chicken, and we have a syringe filled with olive oil. Because that was the remedy that we discovered. And you got to shoot the olive oil as a lubrication into the vent, which, which is which right is on stressful. the back side of this. To, you're trying to, to distinguish, <laughs> yeah, like what is its anus? What is the vent? I can't tell the difference. It's all the same. It's in the um, same area. And the chicken is not necessarily in agreement with everything that's happening. So you can imagine, you know, there's a squawking chicken, feathers are flying. We're in our laundry room where there's like nice folded clothes. And here we are doing things that we never thought we would do and having – an amazing. We we were able to put that in perspective and like enjoy like, that moment. Yeah, I mean, we were literally trying to save a chicken's life too. Hey, it worked. Yes, so the much next to day. her credit, um, chicken is still alive to this day. Josita, Josita <laughs> the chicken. So that chicken, yeah, she's almost gone like twice. It's just like keeps coming back. But unfortunately, we did have one chicken that I think it had a cut on its foot, and it got infected and it spread and so, it became lamer and lamer so it's uh late december last year it's snow on the ground it's like i don't know 18 degrees outside and i gotta go take care of this chicken i mean we tried before i mean we did we wrapped it yeah honey it's foot and honey and we did epsom salt soaks yeah. like we did everything we could and it was not getting any better yeah we quarantined it in the garage for days like we we really did try to bring it uh back to a healthy state so unfortunately had to had to take matters in our own hands and i didn't have a farm gun at the time and so i was like researching like ways to put down chickens <laughs> and the best one that i saw at the moment or at that time was you you take basically like a tree stump, you you pound two nails into it, which you then take the chicken, stretch its neck through this these two nails, and you behead the chicken. And it was nighttime. I had a headlamp on, and I did it with an axe, and it was like this is terrible. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I'm not taking pleasure. It was. It sucked, and. Not only that, I really think back, like the chicken was kind of going, didn't want to be there. I'm lucky I didn't cut my own hand off while I was trying to take this chicken's poor, this poor chicken's head off. Anyway, we gave it a, a respectful burial. I, I said, I said some words and we gave a little prayer and a little send off. And um, fortunately we have had no other situations. And That's I don't true. know, like lucky. in a way for me, like 
I feel like that was my indoctrination into farm life. Like, again, there's like, you know, there's life and death and there's a reality to things on a farm and it's a cycle of life and it happened and it happened early and it was almost like, okay, well, that's, that's the reality of that. Um, I can only imagine, you know, if it's some of our larger animals, like a goat or a pig that's going to pass, uh, that's going to be probably even harder to deal with, but something that, that, that we know is coming and that, you know, I think we fully accept. Well, and I also read that chickens actually can mourn each other. So if someone does leave leave the flock, they do get sad. <laughs> they get sad. They're like a little family. <laughs> but I appreciate you doing that solo. I could not participate at the time. I just it was too much for me. But now, um, next time I will I will assist you. I will help you. So now, our newest dilemma is, you know, we have these chickens that have been producers for over a year and their production has definitely waned. And we at one point did try to introduce some new teenage chickens uh, to the flock and they really, it didn't go well. And now we're, we're thinking we're going to take the chickens that we have and, and put them out in the goat uh, pasture to help fertilize some other areas of our land. Because their poop is like gold. It is. It is so good for the soil. Dynamite fertilizer. And so we're thinking about starting this whole cycle all over again, and we'll let those chickens just live out their life as non-producing egg layers. They're not completely dried up. They're just they're going, they're in their decline in egg it's production. It's like chicken menopause. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, man. So thank you for joining us for the chicken episode. I don't know if you have anything else to add. I do. So oh. when you're on this adventure of starting with chickens and you might have some questions, feel free to email me. I'll do the best I can. I'm not um, an expert, but if you um, hit me up at info at frontierfeathers.com. Oh, wait, what was that? Can you say the email again? Info at frontierfeathers.com. Um, I will definitely do my best to help you get some answers. And then also some resources that have helped me are backyardchickens.com and mypetchicken.com. You can um, buy anything from feed to a coop to um, just having a forum and asking questions and getting answers from people that are trying to do the same thing. And um, I wish you luck and I hope you get chickens. So if you like what you heard, follow us on Instagram at... Frontier Feathers Farm. And also check us out on our website, frontierfeathersfarm.com. Or just Frontier Feathers. Frontier, I always forget that. Frontierfeathers.com. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tune in. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned for more. We're going to be talking about goats and pigs and all kinds of excitement that happens on our little farm. <laughs>